0: This is the big payoff with Rachel Bello and Suzanne Mushin, business partners and best friends. They take on Chicago's big business stories and they'll take on you too.
1: Welcome to the Big Payoff. I'm Suzanne and I'm here with Rachel, who's my best friend and business partner. Rachel, we've been working together for a long, long time. I'd say, we used to say 17 years. I'm pretty sure it's almost 18. And we've been entrepreneurs. We've coached entrepreneurs. We've run our own companies, invested in companies. And The Big Payoff is a show that we made just for you. It's a little special package from Rachel and me to you.
2: You know, you hear those coins dropping in the music before the show, and I think you maybe conclude that what we mean by big payoff is the literal meaning of that term, what you get paid at the end, the 10x return, it could not be more different. That's not what
1: we mean. We mean getting a life that's a life that you want, The payoff is living a life that matters on your own terms. It's about taking control of the things that matter to you. And there's no better topic. We actually are so excited about this topic today (laughs) when we came up with it because we really try to think about what do you need? What do you want to hear? What do you need to hear that you're not hearing anywhere else? And it occurred to us that one of the questions we get asked certainly all the time, because we have business lives and we're on the radio and people know that we're also mothers and people ask us a whole lot, well, how does that work? What does your life look like? And it occurred to Rachel and me that we really owe you a show about the design of your life, how The that design happens. of your
2: days, because yes. most people talk about careers and lives in these big, high-altitude swatches, like, what are your goals? Where do you want to be in 10 years? Th- think of your big ambitions and visions. But we're talking about the opposite end of that telescope today, which is really a microscope on your day. You have your life is made up of day by day, and you, and it's like a soap sculpture, Suzanne. I sometimes think about. I wake up in the morning and yes. go. I have this bar of soap. What do I want to make of it? What do I want to carve up into it today? And your your life really is a, a series of days. And my favorite poet ever, Mary Oliver, um, has a famous line that says, "What are you going to make of this?" wild, one wild and precious life. And if you ask yourself that question, the answer lies in, what are you
1: going to make of this day? And so to get you thinking about your day, and it isn't just about Work-life balance or how do you do it all? It's really what is the design of the life that you want? And so today in the studio, we have one of our favorite entrepreneurs, Catherine. Catherine. (laughs) (laughs) She's my favorite. I know her so well that I called her Catherine. Um, Kathleen Wright, who is the founder of Peace & Co. She is the single most frequented guest on this show.
2: Yeah, she gets the prize for, this is her third appearance. I
1: don't think we've had any guests for it. She definitely was a caller on our show that was called The Dirty Truth. We used her as our test in this show when we did our pilot. She's back in the studio today, but in a very different role. We could talk endlessly about what Peace & Co. does, which we'll talk a little bit about because it's just a phenomenal social purpose business that is on fire right now. But more importantly, we want to hear about Kathleen's day. Right, and you know, I actually misquoted Mary Oliver. It
2: was, and importantly, to get it right, she says, what is it, what do you plan to do with your, what do you plan to do with your one wild and precious life? And I was thinking about that plan. Like we hurl ourselves into our days often just going, winging it, right? You kind of know your schedule, but then you wing it. But what if we were intentional about it like, say, Hillary Clinton. Oh,
1: can you imagine? Right. So, but how, I, I, does I, she have control? Well, here's
2: the thing. So, I'm in the uh, hotel lobby in New York at the mark the other day, taking a phone call with you in Chicago and somebody else. And I'm sitting in the lobby, and I overhear a woman at the desk, the concierge desk, saying, Well, um, she has. And then she goes she, at, at nine thirty. She has the UN. Then at nine forty-five, she has to get across town to meet with the president of Bulgaria. Then she needs to get. And I'm going. Who is she talking about? And I suddenly realize, oh my god, she is Hillary Clinton's planner. Oh. And oh. I listened to that day, Suzanne, and I wanted to shoot myself. And then you know what occurred to me? Hillary Clinton wants to be president. She, more than anybody else, knows exactly what that's going to do to her day-to-day life. She's not coming
1: in blind the way other people are, and yet she still wants to do it. It's it's an amazing thing. And I was on House of Cards where, um, where they were having this conversation about how he, what's Kevin Spacey's character's name?
2: Uh, the president, I can't remember. <laughs> I know, I'm
1: going to space on but Anyway, he was saying that he thrives on that schedule. People do thrive on that schedule. Well, I think
2: because, so here's the thing. Everybody, you choose what it is you want, right? So Hillary Clinton clearly wants the power of the presidency, wants it for some reason personal and unknown to us, frankly. But she wants it so badly that she's prepared for the sacrifice that it means for her day. Whereas
1: I am not prepared. There was a time. There was a time. Well, not only was there a time, there was a long, long time. I said to someone when recently, I referred to it as needing to detox, that when we stopped working out of our office about 18 months ago and started working largely from our homes, but being on the road a lot and being in clients' offices, but not having the structure of an office, I realized that for almost 20 years, my life was a life that was completely out of my control or i perceived it to be out of my control where i would wake up in the morning and do the best i could to get the kids out the door run to an office where i so was handed yeah. a schedule yep. handed a schedule that showed on the hour sometimes on the 15 minutes sometimes on the 20 minute all day long to the point where I was having like lunch brought to my desk by someone because I couldn't stop because I didn't have time. I didn't have time to go to the bathroom. Right. I know you
2: used to pee at your desk all the <laughs> all time. It was time so I bad. And that was why it was so hard to then rent that office to somebody else. It's like we had to explain that. But Suzanne, t- tell so me awful. and then I'll tell you a memory, do you have a memory? Like, give me your worst day. Just think about like when you hit bottom on that life. Because we were I'll tell you, running twenty four seven.
1: It was there were so many bad days, but one of them, which I know a lot of parents can relate to, I'm in the middle of one of those days where it's seemingly nothing can get rescheduled or shuffled around because I have client after client after client calling or coming in and I get a call from the school that I was I had missed my child's teacher conference. And it wasn't just oh, one teacher. Yeah. It was that they're in middle school, so you have a schedule of like eight teachers, and it was over a two day period. And I had chosen what I thought was Wednesday, but in fact, I had scheduled it for Tuesday. So there I was getting the call from one of the teachers just saying, Hey, you know, thought that you were. And in that moment of panic, what should I do? Where I knew the right thing to do was, was to, to go, go over there. To, to go the over there. But I was so deep into my life and my schedule and the idea of what I'd have to do to shut all those other meetings down that I just remember walking out of the office. I think I handed my assistant a note just saying cancel everything and just weeping the whole way back. Yeah, weeping
2: is usually the end of that story. So mine was, it was July. I remember that. And it was uh, the day before July 4th weekend. And I had traveled from, I was then living in Boston. To Chicago for meetings every single week of the last eight weeks, of the previous eight weeks. And when I got back, I went, it was like midnight, and I went on my computer and I saw, and, and I had a call from somebody in the office, Peggy, and head of production, saying this entire presentation that we were doing yeah. for a big foundation yes. needed to be redone tonight it needed to be redone tonight <laughs> and it was midnight and i was just at the and i was i just wept i yes. wept yeah. and you know the stresses and the people in your life they don't want to hear about it like my boyfriend at the time didn't understand that I had no boundaries with phone and I was on call all so the time. So let's talk about what we do want. So how have we redesigned our well, life? We're making now we're actually as you said we we now are designing a life
1: where we don't need a vacation from it. Well, that's such, see, this is the feeling I'm no longer willing to have. I'm no longer willing to look at other people's lives where they're doing things that look interesting. And it's not even about spending time with their kids. I spend plenty of time with my kids. I did back then, honestly. It's about wanting a life that every morning energizes me, makes me feel happy. I mean, just take this morning. I love coming into the studio. I love the people we're talking to today. I love spending the day with you. You and I have some interesting things to talk about this afternoon. I want a life that energizes me to the point where I don't feel so physically exhausted. But there's one other concrete thing that I want to say to you listening to this. You may feel like you have no control. And one thing I've learned over 20 years is there are choices all the time. Well, they're really, and we're making one
2: right now. So it isn't as if, oh, that was horrible, and now we have a great life. That was a sacrifice we were willing to make for the power, the status, and I'll tell you, we had something to prove with ROI Ventures, our previous company. We needed to prove that we could do something that nobody had done before, and we did. But then once we were done proving it, it instantly was not a sacrifice we were willing to make. And now we're living a different kind of life. And we are making a sacrifice, Suzanne. We are sacrificing a
1: certain kind of... Of return, of financial return. Of financial
2: return, for one. But also a kind of status that comes from we're running a big company. Yes. And and we're,
1: you know... It we're took s- me a long time it's to hard. be able to look people in the eye and say, nope. I don't have an office. Yep right? It's hard. So there are sacrifices. And the big takeaway I hope you'll get from today's show is I want you to ask yourself what you want. And I want you to understand the sacrifices you're willing to make and own them and then make a set of choices because you have choices to make. You, you really do. And, and just one micro tip, for example, I remember somebody saying to me, what if you started shaving off 15 minutes, meetings you thought would be an hour Make them 45 I, minutes. I, I really
2: thought you were going for, like, what if you started to shave off? And then I was thinking, what, my eyebrow? <laughs> I was like, what sacrifices well, are you is willing sacri- to well, make?
1: you know that we've talked about this, the life where you have short hair that doesn't yeah, require fur. any maintenance. Right. And no hair color, no right. nothing. So you really, it's a washing No go. one wants to look at you, but. But you're, you're that's easy. A, right. That's you're a sacrifice you're willing to make. But I'm saying, think about those micro moments of your day that maybe you can shift from yeah. what you eat, where you eat. When you eat, how much time you spend in a meeting. For me, it's always (laughs) about. that's You know our producer last night, because she knew we were taping three shows today, asked what kind of food I needed in in the studio. As much as you can possibly bring me. Because I'm going
2: to be peeing at my desk.
1: Ew. With that, I'm sure Kathleen wants to come into the studio really badly now and talk to you, since you just said that. But I can't wait to hear about how Kathleen is designing her days, what she's sacrificing, what she feels she's committed to as she goes on this path to build peace and co. So we'll be back talking to Kathleen Wright right after this short break with Rachel and Suzanne.
0: One day, I'm
1: Welcome back to The Big Payoff. I'm Suzanne, and I'm here with Rachel, and we are talking today to Kathleen Wright about the design of your days. And Kathleen was a little upset about all the crying we mentioned earlier. And a little depressing to hear how, where you guys are at right now, where every
3: day is energizing (laughs) you. I was a little overwhelmed
1: by that as well. Not every day. This is the difference, okay? There is a certain kind of stress that comes with a client driven service driven yeah. life mm-hmm. where the, it's not how much i'm working mm-hmm. it was the tension within every single moment of my day it was the tension of my inbox at the end of the day that i and and don't where feel. the
2: entire relationship the nature of your days is am i pleasing them enough mm-hmm. to justify what they're paying me and it's like my god that that tape loop is endless and i want to say about, you know, the grass really is always greener when it comes to the sacrifice piece because mm-hmm. we are making a sacrifice now. It's not, you know, when you're not really owning something, although we're about to, but if, if, if it's not, you know, an ownership situation in a big play, you know, you're, you feel like you've stepped off the merry-go-round for a mm-hmm. minute and it's, it's a day-by-day
1: sacrifice and struggle. I just want to frame this before we get into Kathleen's day. So here's what I know about Kathleen Wright. So she's the founder of Peace & Co., which is a phenomenal social purpose enterprise that works with women in developing countries and uses the textiles that they make as artisans, textiles, fabrics, she can explain more, but then puts those in the hands of designers, top designers, Tory Burch, Marc Jacobs, Alison Olivia, to create products that then get sold just like a, quote, regular product other than the fact that they are benefiting all of these women artisans. And what I want to say is I think people glorify because your business is social purpose and because you're changing the world that your life just must be day by day. all oh, this heartfelt. And, like that's Feel all good. you just
2: you just get nothing but text messages from Ghana saying thank <laughs> you for saving my, my
1: life and, and everything must be everywhere you go. People must be just so thankful that you're there. Mm-hmm. So let's get real. Mm-hmm. Was that a good description of peace and calm? Yeah, Absolutely.
2: Yeah. And I, I mean, I think of you doing a lot of selling to big brands mm-hmm. because that's where these things have to get placed. Wait, do you remember
1: bought? Kathleen's first call to us on the Dirty Here's what I remember. Our, one of Kathleen's first calls on the Dirty Tooth. I actually think this may be the fourth time you've been on our show. I'm scared about what my first call I'll, was. I'm, right I'm, it was very memorable. It, we asked her, how did you get in the door? Mm-hmm. How did that first right Cli- client? Uh, and planned. I remember... You- You were saying I just made lots of calls. Like it was J. Crew or somebody. Mm-hmm. Like you just were getting yeah. on the pounded, pounded, pounded. Pounding pounded. the pavement. It was so good for our listeners to hear because I think people glorify mm-hmm. what it takes to be successful. So let's not glorify today. No. Let's get real.
2: So here's what we're gonna do. Okay. We're gonna ask you to go through your day slow-mo. You're gonna take you it. You pick a day, a typical day. A or typical day. day, just to pick a day. And I'm we're gonna break up, you know, each part of the day. You tell us what you, you know, what you did. And we're going to jump in with very specific questions. Mm -hmm. So let's start with your morning. Typical day. Yeah.
3: So typical morning. um, My big sanity play is to always start with a workout in the morning. That's my one thing that sets sets my path for the day. What time is that? 545. What? Wait, what time does your alarm go off? (laughs) (laughs) 5.37.
2: 537. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, do you and work I'm out, out the door like door. oh out you're
3: the door out wh- What do you do? What's your workout? Sometimes I run, sometimes I spin, sometimes I do How walks. long is that workout? Usually 30 minutes. Okay. So then what? It stand then... to be a little longer, but no it's, so it's whatever good. you can take. Thirty's good. And then you come home and, and come home. Shower? Shower. Good. Same green shake every morning. Oh, what's in that? Uh, protein powder, spinach, Tablespoon of coconut oil, a few frozen berries. I'm already fascinated. Mm.
2: Where are the kids, meanwhile? The
3: kids are sleeping. I try to sneak back in. My oh. my older one is is awake, but we force him to stay in his room until 6.30 in a very <laughs> selfish parenting move.
2: Uh-huh. The locks. He's got the clock.
1: Oh, we 6:30. used to set my yeah. daughter's yeah. clock back. So that she would mm. think that it was 6 o'clock, even though it was already 6.30, and we would tell her it's she could get up It's a good trust building exercise. I, I
3: think we're moving towards that. Is what yeah. <laughs> we're doing in
1: my Just, house. So
2: then so, they wake up when? So
3: they wake up. They both are kind of up around 6.45, and I try to, um, you know, spend about 15 to 20 minutes with them before I'm out the door in the morning. So you go first. I go first, which is a, which is a good, bad thing. It's... It's bad because you never like to be the first one to leave, but it's yeah. good because you don't have to see the, the babysitter come and have to have that goodbye. <laughs> so your husband is there until when? He leaves um, He leaves at 7.30 every okay. day.
2: So then the babysitter comes in and, sh- and takes over.
3: Takes over. Okay, so
2: where are you now? So tell us where you're going.
3: I get to work about, 8:15, about 8 or 8.15. You drive? I train. Train? Train it. How long and does that take to get to work? It takes 45 minutes for me right now. What do you do on that train? So I leave, the night before, my last thing I do really before I shut down my computer is set up my next day. So when I, I don't have to do any of the sort of strategic thinking on the train. I do all my catch up on emails from overseas, first thing. Yeah, that's okay. been a big, I so train is work. A lot.
1: The train is an
2: extension train is of always your office. Work. You're
3: not reading the paper. No, I, I don't read the paper. I always, I always kind of kick off some emails and let people know that I'm, I'm starting Alive. to fire
1: up the, yes, I th- exactly. I wish you would told our listeners that you listen to our podcast. I I, I <laughs> do well. love listening to you guys. That is true. Wouldn't that be great if she got, yeah, and I'd get on the I train start now. my morning. Start my morning. Okay, so anyway, so, so we're okay. on the train. We so experimented
3: her. with the podcast thing, though, and it doesn't, I always feel like a little distracted because I want to be in it.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah, well. You're in it. You're in it again. You're in it. You're on All it. All right, <laughs> so
3: you get to work at what time? Um, I get to work about 8.30
2: okay, 8:15. and and you walk in, is anybody else there? I am
3: actually usually the first one there, yes, which is nice. Should turn the lights love on, that. have <gasps> you know it is. you get that like kind of
1: you make coffee. do you like turn on a coffee pot?
3: I'm already coffeeed up at that point. Okay. i I do I love to do the coffee right when I get home from a workout. It makes me feel like I'm, you know kind of enjoying my morning a little more, yeah,
2: okay. So you hit the ground running at work hit and people start running. coming in when
3: um usually about nine. We've got a kind of a city office where people like to come in around nine, but they'll stay until seven. So
2: what happens in that morning? Give us a typical morning. Are you having meet? Who's coming in to meet with you? How many meetings? What's going on?
3: Yeah. Well, depending if I'm traveling or not, if I'm here, I'm usually pretty scheduled with meetings with investors or my team members. You know, usually if I'm not, I spend about half the week traveling. So if I'm here in Chicago, it's it's meetings with, with my Chicago people here.
2: And then do you take lunch?
3: I don't usually take lunch. Does that mean you don't eat lunch? It means lunch at my desk, which is a habit that I'm wondering if I should be breaking. I want to throw this out to you ladies.
1: I eat, well, no, I always did
3: that. I always yeah. did
1: lunch at my desk when I was in the mode that you're in. Mm-hmm. I have to say. What are you eating? You know, yeah, what are you eating? Salad. I knew you were going to say I'm that. I'm sorry. So, <laughs> is it like with a piece of protein on it or something?
3: Usually, yeah, but, you know.
1: I hate you. I
3: know. It's just, you just don't even care. You're just, you know, pushing through the day and you're kind of like throwing. And are you
1: reading
2: emails and stuff while you're eating or are you doing something? So here's my advice. Yes. You can take your lunch at your desk. You need to, and there is a lot of evidence on about this in the Power of Full Engagement and and read any of Tony Schwartz's stuff and the Energy Project and it's all there. You need a break. You need your mind. It's literally like taking your mind off the shelf and putting it, you know. Even for 15 minutes. Let it cool Mm -hmm. down. For 15 minutes you have to switch, switch, read something, read the paper, listen to a podcast. Yeah. Anything that gets you, and you'll see that you come back to work in a different way. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, Because you're not intended to go. In fact, you're supposed to do that every ninety minutes.
1: Mm -hmm. It's a metabolic thing. You're supposed to do every ninety minutes. So you're now you're in an afternoon of what?
3: Yeah, I think you know one structure that I have started to put to my day, which has been really helpful, is am I spend half the day really focused on the external parts of the business, investor meetings, networking with people in the fashion industry. Um, you know just reaching out and then half my day on in, focusing internally how's my team doing where are we with you know the processes that we're trying to tweak and work that. on are that's we making... really good yeah. I really struggled with where to be and how to be external versus where to be and how to be internal and I've learned that the where is going to be different all the time but if I make sure to make that conscious shift for half the day I love the that business idea. is right. running more smoothly I can I I
2: Okay, so we're taking a day where you're in town.
3: Yeah, we're taking a day when I'm in town. All right. So
2: in the afternoon, you've got a bunch of meetings, internal Mm -hmm. meetings to help. And then, when do you leave the office? What happens after that?
3: Um, yeah. I I always I get home every day around. I try to get home between five forty five and six because I've got toddlers, and so we like to do early dinner and you know bath and bedtime. And if I'm having a great day, I'm bookending my day starting with the workout and ending with putting putting the babies to bed that's those are my favorite days when i get that sort of routine which is rare but I know I know you know I and know you turn
1: off during that time so you're really turn off for
3: an hour and a half a solid hour and a half yeah. I don't even literally don't even bring my bag I literally leave my bag in the garage sometimes do you Love stay that. in
1: your work clothes or do you change when you I get
3: immediately home? change because my boys look at me very skeptically when they see
1: me in my yeah, work clothes. Like co- they don't going? trust it they're yeah. like you're my
2: daughter used to go why are your shoes still
1: on <laughs> exactly. you know that I wear my shoes right up until the point heels I until she's in do bed you really? yes yeah. I do. I, I know, stay in I feel, my work clothes so until weird. I go to bed. It's so Why weird. Why is that? That's so weird. Because until I'm off, I don't feel that I can change out of my off.
2: But I, that's the point. This is off.
1: I understand. So I, then I don't. So feel then do off you go
2: back? So the, after they go to bed, you go back to work. I go
3: back, and that's back. That's that to me is you know the last you. Few- since launching the business is is the real kind of sacrifices if you want that t- hour and a half to two hours with your kids there's there's still stuff to do that I go and do and when if they're you want that hour
2: and a half to two hours of work afterwards you're not having a glass of wine or two at dinner well that's are you no
1: are do you are you a wine drinker at, at night no I'm not Great. God, I wish I were you do you I have
2: glass always have a glass of wine at night I, sometimes and then too. can you go back to work um yeah if on one I can on two I don't want to
3: yeah it's amazing <laughs> I, I yeah. love the glass of wine with dinner thing. I just can't do it, and yeah, so I couldn't for years.
1: Bedtime? What time are you going to sleep at night?
3: I, I try to go to bed around ten because it usually takes me about an hour to, to wind down yeah. in bed. Yeah, it's it's. Wow. Ske- do you read? I read always read to shut the brain off. Always fiction, fiction? nothing Good. nothing that's going to get my wheels turning. In fact, sometimes I'll even go from like downgrade from just a fiction book that I want to read to like what is the beachiest, most embarrassing. You know, I that hear I, that sex I, I, with
2: your husband also helps. <laughs> okay, just, you <laughs> yes. know,
3: I don't know what you got that That's a whole that other memo. mind space right. that you need that's to be <laughs> that's, that's another show. That's our next show. That's another show.
1: So uh, let's just, I need to get to this piece of it. Are you so organized that you know, for example, what you're wearing the next day? Like, are things oh, laid yeah. out? lay and, that out? Absolutely
3: lay it out.
1: It's impressive. That's freaking Gotta impressive.
3: Gotta lay it out because... Yeah. I need my zen in the mornings, and if I'm hunting in my closet, I'm the whole day is messed up. That
2: is so true. <laughs> Isn't it true? Yeah, it is true. true. Oh, it just makes me It's nuts. more
3: for peace of mind than to totally. look fabulous the next no, day. No, no, it's peace of mind. It's peace of mind.
1: So as we're wrapping this up, we're, I, we're wondering, because we said this at the top of the show, what do you feel you're sacrificing for the life that you— there are a lot of people listening to this show yeah. who can relate to the schedule that you just laid out, mm-hmm. and some people who are thinking to themselves— over my dead, like there is no way that yep. I could live that kind of life. What is the sacrifice you feel like you're making? Are you and, and do you feel that way? I shouldn't impose that on you. Actually,
3: I mean, I feel like probably the biggest is time with my husband. I think as you know, you're yeah. you're not willing to let the kids sacrifice, but yeah. you are. I want to say you're willing to let the the, the yes, relationship. Yes, you are.
2: You are. It's always the way it goes.
3: Someone someone said something to me a few months ago that really helped. Though I said, "Was it so hard? You you both were building these careers, and that was very time consuming. so it so hard?" And she said, "It was, but we always knew we were rowing in the same direction." And so I've made this mental shift in my head that's not like, "Are we spending enough time together?" But it's, "Are we rowing in the same direction?" Yeah. And it's been a helpful philosophical that's really, that's shift. That's really good.
1: And I don't know if you heard that from Amanda Lannert from Jelly Vision. I didn't. She said the same thing to me. She said the same thing and maybe this is from women CEOs who have supportive husbands. Maybe that is the exact phrase she used well, about her husband. Uh, I Love think you it.
2: guys are kidding yourselves, but you know, more power to you. I think the deal is this.
3: I want
1: to hear I heard
2: it. this once and it's really hard to fulfill, but it it's totally makes sense energetically. It's the opposite of what we do. You feed yourself first, then you feed the energy between you and your partner, and then you as a unit have so much more to give your kids. And we do it the opposite way. I know.
3: Kids. Why do
2: we do it the opposite way? We just- Maybe a little bit to the husband, and then
1: uh, me? Like, never. <laughs> wow. So true. Wow. I know. So with That's that- big. With that, we're going to wind- down this segment. Thank you for sharing all that. Thank you so much. Love being here. Really, thank you for sharing all that. It was really great. Peaceandco.com. You should check out what they do, and more importantly, how they do it. Um, and more importantly, buy the products that mm-hmm. you can find. with oh, yeah. brands. I I I've, I've bought and a bunch Reese of. Reese
3: Witherspoon just showed up in our skirt on InStyle.com yesterday, oh, and I'm so no. excited about it, That's and I great. love her. I I, do. Love, I just I love her.
1: I know. I do. I feel like she and I would be friends. Oh my god, I feel such good same. friends. <laughs> we'll be back to the big payoff with Rachel and Suzanne after this short break. Lisa. Welcome back to The Big Payoff. We're here in the studio. We actually kept Kathleen right in the studio with us as we talk about this.
2: Yeah, we, we we can't stop talking about the days that she has, the days we have. This is really a fascinating topic. But I listened to that day, Kathleen, and here's my question to you. I have always, always, in high school, in college, I remember this, I've needed unstructured time. Like mm-hmm. you, what makes me actually go a little crazy and become vicious and mean is when. Can my I vouch time, for that? Yeah. <laughs> is completely structured and I don't yeah. have. And yeah. so people go, oh, right, you need time to read and think. It's like, no, I need time right. to do nothing, yeah. to literally have no one. I'll do it. It's sort of processing deliberation time, but I'm just no call on my attention, mm-hmm. none. And if I have a day without that, I go nuts. I'm listening to your day going, do you have any time? Where you
1: are doing nothing, or or more. I want to go to where Susie Weinberg just said when she walked in. Do you ever waste time?
3: Well, I will only admit my my what I do to really really let it go. If you guys are going to admit, I'll what admit. Oh yeah, yes. Okay. yes. So one one of my things is like, I'll if especially if I get a moment alone, I'll I'll take a part of the house that's made me a little disorganized or a little messy. Turn on Law and Order SVU. Turn it on so loud that it's almost like a music soundtrack and organized or clean. And it feels so good. And I have no idea why. And I'll it tell you what I relate to. I'll tell you what
1: I relate to in that. I I love to cook. I cook a lot. Mm-hmm. And you know, I do these big Friday night dinners in my home for 15, 20 people. But I'll tell you the real reason I do it is because and, and Rachel's twin sister said this at one point. It gives me an excuse to be alone in my kitchen. Control. Because I have control, control, control. over. But I'm doing it for But I'm, doing, right, I'm still doing something. But to your point, what I love is when I'll just turn on like Shark Tank or something yes. while I'm in the kitchen cooking. And then I get really what I want, is, which is to just watch Shark Tank. But I get totally. the optics <laughs> of preparing a meal for my family.
2: Okay, here's my oh, guilty God. pleasure. What I do (laughs) is I will watch, you know, some crappy, well, not crappy, like I do have some standards um te- whatever television i'm binging on at that moment yeah. like a series like f- the, for me the absolute best series that ever hit television for me was friday night lights oh, and i and that first I
3: watch that I, oh
2: my god and that first show i was like uh no i don't think and then you're just you're lost to a point where you're going please don't end please don't end oh no it's ending but while i'm watching that <laughs> I buy sheets online. <laughs> I buy <laughs> <Why not? laughs> So that Jenna Lyons interview you sent the other day yeah. that had a, I went, excuse me, I don't know that brand of sheet. I immediately bought two king size. I love buying sheets online. <laughs> betting, betting, betting. It just seems wow. so ridiculously <laughs> self indulgent. Okay.
1: And I love it. This was a lot of information for you. I hope you've enjoyed it. We'll be back to the big payoff next week with Rachel and Suzanne.